0: And welcome to episode 50 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. We're breaking down last night's Thursday night football game. The Rams go down at the hands of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Russell Wilson looking like an MVP candidate. We're going to break that all down. And then Major League Baseball. To me, this is the best day of the year for baseball. Opening day is nice, but I love that division round Friday when you have all four teams in action. Hey, if you're at work right now, go wrap right to your boss, fake a cough, fake an illness, pass out if you need to but get yourself either at a ballpark or in front of a TV because it is going down the pitching matchups. We're going to talk about the Dodgers and the Braves. It's going down here on episode 50 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review to the pod wherever you get your podcast these days. But we've got tons to get into, so let's get right into it. Are you ready? And we're going to start with Russell Wilson, Danger Russ, and the Seattle Seahawks. They took care of the Rams last night, 30-29, at home in front of the 12th man. It was an exciting game for a Thursday night game. That game had everything, missed field goals, great touchdowns. That play to Tyler Lockett, to me, was the greatest catch, the greatest play of this young NFL season And then you had those uniforms. The Seattle Seahawks, they rolled out those electric green uniforms. They do once a year, those color rush ones. I don't know if they were the fighting flubbers, but I actually dig them. I kind of liked them. Hot take. You can't convince me otherwise. I like those electric green uniforms. To me, they reminded me of kryptonite. And Russell Wilson was playing like Superman last night. Russell Wilson does everything for this Seattle Seahawks team. Last night, 17 of 23 for 268 yards, four touchdowns. His QBR, 92.6. His QB rating, 151.8. Russell Wilson is balling this year. And he has proven to be worth every penny of that $140 million contract that he signed with the $65 million guaranteed. He signed that deal... And he's worth every penny. He's not like a Kirk Cousins who's getting $28 million a year just to be average to below average. He's not like Matt Ryan who signed that $150 million deal. He is worth every Every single penny. And if you're Dak Prescott, should you be paid more than Russell Wilson? If you're Dak Prescott at home, should you get a dime more than Russell Wilson? Absolutely not. He can't do the same things that Russell Wilson did. Russell Wilson is special. The way he can escape the pocket and you combine that, look, it looks like that rush is going to get to him. It swallows him in that pocket, but he bounces out. He finds receivers downfield. And that play to Tyler Lockett is the best catch of this young NFL season. Probably the best play of the year. Check this out. Play the clip. On first down, Wilson keeps. Surveys, nowhere to go. And back in the end zone. Touchdown. What a catch by Tyler Lockett. Let's take a look. Catch, feet, that is unbelievable. And just an incredible throw by Russell Wilson. A vintage Russell Wilson moment. He's rolling left, going across his body, escapes the pocket, and then he takes that risk. He's willing to take those risks, and he finds Tyler Lockett, and to me, the best catch of the year, the best throw of the year, just a sensational job by Russell Wilson on that play. And Russell Wilson, hey, what did I tell you a couple weeks ago? Patrick Mahomes, he's a former baseball player. Russell Wilson, former baseball player, that's another play. you look at like a shortstop throwing across your body. So the athleticism right there. And Russell Wilson, to me, right now, the Seahawks, they're three and one for everything that this team asks of him, for him to carry this offense, they're really their running game has been non-existent. Last night they had a better night with Carson. Their receiving core, he's relying on a rookie and DK Metcalf. Doug Baldwin's gone. I think right now Russell Wilson is the MVP of the NFL. I know that I've been talking of Patrick Mahomes all season long. Well, Russell Wilson plays in Seattle, the home of Nirvana. Never mind that I mentioned that because right now I have Russell Wilson after last night's virtuoso performance, four touchdowns, leads that team to win against the Rams. It wasn't just another game for Russell Wilson last night. He mentioned that he was dedicating it to the late Paul Allen. Listen to Russell Wilson talk about how much it meant for Paul Allen to draft him. Play the clip. Came over here, why? I just a little emotional because, you know, we had the tribute to Paul today. And he gave me an opportunity, you know, and uh, I'm just grateful, I'm just grateful, you know, win or lose, you know, God is good. And uh, I'm just grateful that he gave me an opportunity. God did and Paul, you know, and this organization, you know, I love playing here, you know, it's a good team over there that we played tonight and uh, we're a great team too. And uh, we found a way, you know, and found a way and, uh, you know, I'm just grateful that I got the opportunity to play here. So what a better way to honor the late co-founder of Microsoft by fitting that ball through all those tight windows last night. Russell Wilson had himself a game, and I now think they're front runners to win the NFC West. I know the Rams were heavy favorites. The Niners are undefeated. But give me the Seattle Seahawks to win the NFC West. Bobby Wagner, Jadavion Clowney, and Russell Wilson. So special on offense. He's worth every penny. And I just hope they break out those uniforms again. I love those uniforms last night. Reminded me of Luke Skywalker's lightsaber and the return of the Jedi. But watch out for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. And now to the Los Angeles Rams, who dropped their second game in consecutive weeks last week to the Buccaneers, this week to the Seahawks, and they could have got it done last night. They did enough to win that game, and look, they came back on the road. They were trailing by more than two touchdowns, and Zerline, you have to make that kick. Zerline has shown us he's capable of making clutch kicks. Look what he did against the Saints last year in the NFC Championship game. But also a couple bad calls, a couple roughing the passer calls didn't go their way, but that is the NFL in 2019. Do not even breathe. Don't even make eye contact on a quarterback because you know they're going to throw the flag. So... Jared Goff is an above-average quarterback. Jared Goff may even be a top-10 quarterback, but he is not Tier 1, and they're asking too much out of Jared Goff right now. Last two weeks, Jared Goff has thrown 117 passes. You compare that to Todd Gurley, who's supposed to be the other star that leads this offense. Todd Gurley last two weeks, 30 touches. So they need, a, they need more balance. Last night, Jared Goff, 29 for 49, 395 yards. One touchdown and one interception. Was a great interception, by the way. And then Todd Gurley, 15 carries, 51 yards, a 3.4 average, two touchdowns. And to me, look, Todd Gurley, it's been the tog. It's the worst-kept secret. He has an arthritic knee. He has chronic knee problems. And I don't think at 25... He might be one of the worst running back contracts in the NFL. They paid him $57.5 million. You got that guaranteed money, over $25 million guaranteed in that salary. And to me, you're paying him $57.5 million to be a decoy. That's an expensive decoy. Yes, he's got a nose for the end zone. Yes, he can punch it in when you're near the goal line. But he's not running with that same power and ferocity that he was earlier in his career. That reckless abandon that had Todd Gurley in the conversation for best running back in the league. Now he's probably the third best running back from Georgia behind Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. But the Rams, they have to get it together. The Rams, their next three, they got the Niners at home. Then they go to Atlanta. They also play the Bengals at home. And then they got the bye. But they got the Cowboys still on their schedule. They have to play the Seahawks again. They go to Pittsburgh, which is never easy. So I think that they're hurting and they're suffering from that curse of losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. When you lose to the Patriots and the Super Bowl, bad things happen. Look what happened to Atlanta, and I think the Rams are the latest victim of that. And the MLB playoffs are underway and last night you had the division series getting kicked off between the Dodgers and the Nationals. The Dodgers, they take game one from the Nats and heading into last night, all the talk was about Nationals pitcher Patrick Corbin. Last five starts against the Dodgers, a .59 ERA and he pitched a great game. Nine strikeouts for Patrick Corbin, only one earned run. But what the Dodgers did do, they understood the formula with this Nationals team. You got to get past this three headed monster of Patrick Corbin, Strasburg, and Max Scherzer. And then you get to that tire fire of a bullpen, which had five, six, eight. That's their ERA, that's the highest ERA for any bullpen heading into the playoffs in MLB playoff history. So the Dodgers knew early on they had to be patient, they had to grind out at bats, and they did it in the first inning, walking the bases loaded and getting on the board first after walking a run home. Corbin set, here's the pitch. Outside ball, four, and the Dodgers take a one-to-nothing lead as Corbin's taking a walk on the wild side. And with all this talk of Patrick Corbin and his dominance over the Dodgers, well, he felt those nerves early on. He walks in a run, and that was all that Walker Buehler needed. Walker Buehler, number 21 for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was throwing gas last night. He was on his game. It was Walker Buehler's day on As Real FRG, the producer of the show, says, hey, he's the Buell dog. He was snarling at national hitters all night long. Walker Bueller, six shutout innings, allowing just one hit, eight strikeouts, and he really lifted the Dodgers to that win last night. It was tight early on until Max Muncy could get some insurance runs for the Dodgers, but he was on his game. And Walker Bueller, first pitcher in baseball history to strike out at least seven batters in each of his first five career postseason appearances, Bob Gibson is the only other pitcher to do so in each of his first four playoff games. So, Walker Buehler, he brings it in the playoffs. He elevates his game in the postseason. You saw it last year in Game 3 of the World Series against the Red Sox. You saw it in Game 163 where he got the Dodgers into the playoffs last year. But if you're a Dodger fan, you're saying, wait, now we have an ace that's taking his game to another level in the postseason. A pitcher that elevates his game come October, that's got to be refreshing. Because you know Clayton Kershaw, his struggles have been well documented. Just signed with Skechers. He's had a sketchy postseason career and I think if they're overblown to an extent, he's had some great starts in the postseason. But at the end of the day, he holds a 9-10 and record in the postseason and a 4-3-2 ERA. But Clayton Kershaw, to me, he's an iconic pitcher, the pitcher of the generation, and the only thing that's keeping him away from having that greatest of all time, being the conversation for the greatest of all time, is a World Series championship, and his teammate, Walker Buehler, can help him accomplish that. Walker Buehler is a guy that you can now trust in the postseason to get you big games. Last night was another example, and Walker Buehler got it done. Check out Dave Roberts talking about Walker Buehler after last night's performance. It's, uh, you know, you don't know until you see it, and um, we've seen it over the last couple years. And, um, you know, there's guys that want those opportunities, like those big moments, and want to be the guy. And so Walker, time and time again, uh, just knows how to – Temper control his emotions and, and, uh, you know, transfer that into the delivery, the execution of pitches. And today, uh, from that first throw, he was on point tonight. And uh, the delivery, the tempo, uh, all consistent, um, fastball command to all quadrants, the slower breaking ball, I love with the depth and uh, the cutter when he needed it. So that's a really good lineup over there. And for him to go six, um, It was really, really, uh, we needed that one. And so I believe that Walker Buehler is going to be an integral part in helping Clayton Kershaw rewrite his legacy and have the Dodgers make their way to the World Series and have a great shot of capping it off with a World Series title this year. And then Walker Buehler, he's already a star. But this postseason, he goes from being a star to a superstar. I think Walker Buehler, what we've seen with him in his 15 scoreless innings now in the postseason, I think you're going to see Walker Buehler get it done all postseason long. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, you got a lot of great pitchers out there. I think Walker Buehler takes over this postseason, and then who knows, maybe one day he's on the list with guys like Bob Gibson and Curt Schilling and Rivera, great Randy Johnson, some of the great postseason pitchers of all time. But Bule Dog, when you have elite stuff, when you have that type of velocity, that type of movement and spin rate, all the peripherals that he brings, you know you're going to miss bats, and his stuff plays up this time of year. And at 25, Walker Bueller, he's had the luxury of pitching in the World Series, pitching in all of these high-pressure playoff games, and he knows at this point how to handle himself in these situations, and he mentioned after the game how he's able to have success in big games like last night. Um, you know, I didn't really pitch in any any big games in high school. Obviously, you have your you know your small rivalries and and stuff like that in, in Lexington, Kentucky. But um, you know, you get to get to college and, and throw in some big games. And uh, you know, I don't I don't know if there's a singular moment. I, I think Max could kind of attest that. I think it's just a, a compounding effect of, of playing in games. And there's certain feelings that you get nerves, adrenaline, things like that, that, you know, you you do them enough time, you do them enough times that they're just normal. They're just different, but they're normal at the same time. They don't overwhelm you. And, um, you know, I I think it's just that compound effect of of being in there a few times where you know what's going to happen and and you know how to kind of use it. So look for Walker Buehler to carry on that Dodger pitching legacy from guys like Koufax to Drysdale, Valenzuela, Oral, Clay Clayton Kershaw. The Dodgers have a proud history of pitching, and Walker Buehler is going to be that next great. He already is, and he's going to take over this postseason. But the other story from last night was Gavin Lux. So Gavin Lux at 21 years and 314 days, he becomes the youngest player to hit a pinch-hit home run in the playoffs. He's also the second youngest player to Homer in his first plate appearance in the playoffs behind only Brian McCann. And he also became the youngest Dodger player to Homer in postseason history. So Gavin Lux is a special talent. And who knows, maybe he can come in like a Orlando Cabrera, like a Derek Jeter, Andrew Jones. And catch fire in the postseason as a young player. But one of my favorite my tweet of the night goes to AJ Gonzalez, who said who called it beginner's lux. I love that from AJ Gonzalez, but the Dodgers they had a great game one win, and game two is tonight. Clay Kershaw takes the mound against Steven Strasberg tonight at Dodgers Stadium. <laughs> And the other division series yesterday, the Cardinals steal game one from the Braves. They get game one seven to six, but all the talk was about Ronald Acuna Jr. The Braves superstar was not running it out on a shot that ended up being a single, should have been extra bases. He had a great night. Ronald Acuna Jr. was phenomenal last night. Three of five, he had a towering home run, a two-run RBI, a double, a walk. He was doing his thing, but you can't be pimping your singles Ronald Acuna Jr. You can't be in the box admiring your work to the point where it's costing your team extra base hits. They timed it how long it took him. It was 6.2 seconds before he ended up at first base. On the year, he's been getting there in just over four. So we're talking two seconds. Should have been at second base, and it really cost this Braves team. So he said after the game, would have loved to have a double in that spot. So he, he admitted he would have done things differently. He would have ran it out, but it really cost the Braves. Now, if he had run it out of the box, he'd gotten that double, then that Ozzy Albus grounder, that would have moved into third, and then it would have been pretty unlikely for that Donaldson liner to get him doubled up. So it really changed the complexion of the game last night for the Atlanta Braves. When, by the way, you had everyone was upset. When he hit that home run in the ninth, everyone was upset that he took too long on his home run try. He took too long, and apparently they were not feeling it in that Cardinals dugout. And I'm saying, look, baseball, you need to cut it out. This is exactly what baseball needs. This infusion of... Of, of electricity and excitement that Ronald Acuna Jr. brings. It's not like he was flipping the bird, doing the DX sign, suck it sign to the bench. He just took an extra couple seconds. Give the man a break because he's very talented and this guy is a superstar. But Ronald Acuna Jr., don't be a Manny Machado. Do not be a Manny Machado where you don't want to have Johnny Hustle. You're, you're not a Johnny Hustle. It's Charlie Hustle, Manny Machado, by the way. Don't be a Manny Machado. You're too talented on the base pass with everything you can do. But you guys in the dugout, worrying about his home run shot, need to fall back a little bit. But Ronald Acuna Jr., is going to get the start today. But his teammates, it's one thing for the opposing dugout to not be happy with Acuna's antics. His own teammates weren't very happy about it either. Uh, it's, it is it's frustrating, but... Um... I think you have that conversation once, uh, become a dead horse, kind of beat the dead horse after, you, you know, if you keep having that same conversation over and over again. Um, he, he, he I, I mean, you got to know that that was a mistake. So that can't happen in the playoffs. can't happen in the regular season. So, um, unfortunately, that happened tonight. He should have been on second. And we're kind of shorthanded to do anything about it right there. You hate to see that happen. And if you're the Braves locker room, that's the wrong thing to do. I don't care that he's young. I don't care that he's done. That's how you fracture a locker room. And to me, the Braves are done now. Flaherty's going today, but if you're the Braves, you gotta back up your teammate. You don't, you don't turn on your teammate, even if you don't agree with it. You keep that stuff in-house. You don't throw it out like that. So I don't like that move by the Braves, but that is gonna do it for episode 50 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us as always. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the pod, wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy your weekend, and I'm out.